Welcome, everyone. We're so glad you've tuned in today to embark on this diverse adventure with us. Absolutely, Ava, and what an adventure it'll be. From the east to the west, we're going to sip our way through history, uncovering the hidden stories swirling in our glasses. Startup guys, wouldn't it be fascinating to understand the importance of these beverages, not just as a matter of taste, but also as an integral part of global cultures? Undoubtedly, Carl, and today, folks, we're starting with an especially significant drink. Drumroll, please. Sake, that's right, the famous Japanese rice wine. Everyone knows Korea's love for alcohol. I mean, soju, anyone? But I'm excited to understand about sake's significance. How about you, Ava? Carl, I couldn't agree more. It's going to be intriguing to learn about its cultural footprint in Japan, right from traditional brewing methods to its influence today. And it's not just about the beverage itself, but also the rituals associated with it. The ceremonial pouring, the cups. There's so much involved which truly underscores its cultural significance. Indeed, and I'm also curious about the science behind it. How does rice turn into this smooth and aromatic liquid? Looking forward to deciphering that. Can't wait to dive in. We've got an exciting journey ahead, don't we? Absolutely, Ava. So folks, buckle up, take a virtual seat at the bar as we head to the land of the rising sun to explore the fascinating world of sake. Cheers. Let's take a leap back in time to explore the roots of sake. We are talking thousands of years back, to the Yayoi period where the first signs of sake were found. Stunning, isn't it? Absolutely, Sophia. And here's the thing about sake. It's not just fermented, it's brewed, much like beer. The difference is, the fermentation process for sake occurs in a single step, while with beer there's a two-step process. Interesting, Ava. So, essentially, the rice starch gets converted into sugars, and these sugars are then fermented into alcohol, all in one go. That's quite a streamlined process. Exactly, Carl. But the process isn't as easy as it sounds. The traditional brewing method, or Komodo method, requires a perfect amalgamation of human skill and nature's beauty. It all begins with polishing the rice. Can you guess why? I'll take a wild guess here. Is it to remove the outer layers of the rice grains for pure starch? Bravo, Ava. Indeed, it's to isolate the starchy core, which is then washed and steamed. And then comes the marvel of fermentation, eh? Through the concoction of steamed rice, water, and a special mold called koji. I'm assuming this koji plays a critical role in this complex alchemical process. Absolutely, Carl. This mijou, or sake as we call it, then matures, with its distinct flavor unfolding over durations that could stretch from three months to even a few years. Now, who's up for a journey into this intriguing process on our next tour? I see we need to just sake it all in. Being in this exploration, I can already sense why sake possesses a rich historical magnitude in the annals of Japanese culture. Agreed. This elaborate process makes you appreciate each sip more, knowing the time and effort that's poured into every bottle of sake. Yeah, sake's fermentation process is indeed a beautiful orchestra of biochemistry. Let's start playing with some numbers. Did you know that the sake brewers mold up to 25% of the rice's weight? That's the koji doing its magic. Then there's a double-barreled fermentation, as temperatures range between 10 to 18 degrees Celsius. 25%, that's quite significant. And the temperature does sound like a controlled environment. Indeed, Ava. This meticulous temperature regulation fosters Saccharomyces cerevisiae, a yeast type notably effective in converting sugar to alcohol. 
Now this crucial fermentation stage swirls around two intertwined transformations, saccharification and alcohol fermentation itself. Wait, saccharification? That's a new term for me. Good question, Sophia. It's basically the process through which enzymes break down starches into sugars, creating what we call a mash. This cohabitation of yeast and koji in the moto, or yeast starter, cultivates diverse yeasts, unleashing a harmonious symphony of saccharification and fermentation. This smooth sequence where starch converts into sugar, which then becomes alcohol, is what sets sake apart from other beverages. So, this double-barreled process with its regulated temperatures and koji's penetrative magic, it all follows a precise, calculated method, doesn't it? All testament, as you'd say, Carl, to the genius of numbers. Exactly, Ava. It's an intricate process. The numbers part of it intrigues me. It stands as a classic example of how perfection in numbers can yield a masterpiece like sake. Thanks, Carl. It's fascinating to know how sake isn't just an epitome of Japanese culture, but also a marvel of numbers and science. All right, so we understand the science behind sake now, but there's more to it. The significance of sake in Japanese customs is another fascinating aspect. You're correct, Eva. Zakai is intricately woven into the fabric of Japanese rituals and ceremonies. For instance, during the ceremony of Sansan Kudo at weddings, the couple takes turns drinking sake three times, signifying their union. Ah, so that's why the table at my Japanese friend's wedding had small cups. It was for sake, that was special. And it's not just at weddings. Sake is also central to Shinto rituals. There's even a time in October called Sake Day that marks the start of the brewing season. That's when they offer sake to the deities. True, Carl. Serving sake to the gods is believed to invoke goodwill and blessings. And who can forget Joya no Kane, the bell-ringing ceremony on New Year's Eve? Sake is often consumed then. So deep-rooted in Japanese customs... Let's not forget every day, Muikai. Sake does lighten up those gatherings, doesn't it? Absolutely, Eva. Whether it's for a festival, symbolizing unions, or just casual drinking parties, sake does bring a unique charm to these occasions. Indeed, and it really all boils down to the numbers. The balance of ingredients, the precise brewing techniques. It's all carefully calculated, even when partaking in these rituals and celebrations. Speaking of variations, it's important to note that sake isn't universal, guys. There's actually quite a spectrum influenced by regional differences. Like dialects, you mean, Ava? Spot on, Carl. Just like how accents and dialects differ from region to region, sake production also has its unique regional characteristics. Certain regions are known for their fragrant sake, others for their dry sake. How poetic, Ava. Just like literature adopts local folklore and narratives, sake, too, bears the imprint of its regional history and culture. In fact, regional variations can even be traced back to the quality of water and the variety of rice used. It's humbling, isn't it? True, Ava. Like a painting capturing the essence of a landscape or a sculpture representing a moment in history, sake is a reflection of the land and the populace it hails from. Exactly, Carl. And while commercially produced sake is now more common, you can still find small breweries or sakagura that take immense pride in their traditional brewing methods. Even amidst modernization, the commitment to maintaining the essence of sake is commendable. Fully agree, Ava. 
It's a mark of respect for tradition. And it aligns with one of my favorite quotes, evolve so hard that they have to get to know you again. The art of sake making seems to have done just that. Intriguing. I've never seen sake in such a light before. Well, that just proves that sake is not merely a beverage. It's a symbol of cultural heritage, evolving with us while still deeply rooted in its origins. You know, as I hear about sake's regional variations and traditional brewing methods, I'm reminded of so many stories and tales in our Japanese literature. This isn't just beverage making. It's an art form akin to composing a symphony. Tell us more, Sophia. I am hooked. One particularly poignant story comes to mind. It's a myth about the deity Sukuna Hikona, an important figure in Shintoism. He's considered the god of Sikh brewing. When disease had swept across the land, it's believed that he taught the people to brew sake not just for merriment, but as a means to ward off evil and purify their bodies. Interesting. So sake wasn't just a drink, it played a role in healing and religious rituals. Absolutely, Carl. And if we dive into literature, there's the classic Tales of Genji where Sake shared the stage with Heian period courtesans, playing a pivotal role in their poetic exchanges and romantic liaisons. It breathes life into the narrative, rivaling the passion of the characters themselves. Literally the spirit of the narrative. Yes, Ava. Just like how wine is often used as a metaphor for love in Western literature, Seike too embodies certain emotions and situations. Such cultural nuances embedded in our literature make understanding Seike's symbolism all the more fascinating. Indeed. It's like uncovering a hidden narrative within the narrative itself. Exactly, Carl. And that's the beauty of it. Our cultural beverages, in their own subtle ways, contribute as much to our stories as their human characters do, don't they? Speaking of sake in our literature and cultural rituals, we can't leave out its role in Japanese cooking, can we? There's a whole culinary world where it serves as both a flavor enhancer and a food preservative. Absolutely, Sophia. Seiken food is part of what makes Japanese cuisine so unique and delicious. I remember sampling this amazing dish in Tokyo, teriyaki chicken glazed with a sake-soy mix. The sake intensifies the flavors, making it incredibly succulent. Yes, sake's role in Japanese cuisine is indeed integral. The alcohol burns off during cooking, leaving behind a rich and complex flavor. It also works as a tenderizer and helps to cut down the smell of fish and meat. Right, Carl. And not just meat dishes, it is also used in making miso soup, soba, tempura, and even some desserts like sake ice cream and sake lees cake. Sake lees, or kasu, is fascinating. It's the residual yeast left over from the sake production process. In traditional Japanese homes, nothing goes to waste. Kasu, packed with umami, finds its use in pickling vegetables, particularly in the winter. It's a culinary embodiment of sustainability. I bet there's a whole lot of exploring to do in that area. The preservation capabilities of sake with its antimicrobial properties could have numerous uses, I suppose. Undoubtedly, Carl. As a food preservative, it's been used in Japanese pickling culture for centuries. Definitely opens up a world of flavors to explore. It's fascinating how the presence of a single ingredient can alter and elevate a dish. You know, as we're discussing sake, it reminds me of the drinking culture we have in Korea. Similar to Japan, alcohol, especially soju, plays a large part in our social bonding. A shared bottle can spark many meaningful conversations, don't you think? Absolutely, Ava. 
It's beautifully mirrored in the Korean sentiment one shot, representing camaraderie and collective spirit. Alcohol often works as a social catalyst, erasing barriers and fostering togetherness. Indeed. Similar to how sake is embedded in Japanese customs, rituals, and even literature, soju and other traditional drinks like makoli and baksuju hold significant cultural meanings in Korea. Right, Carl. We all remember those office hosik, right? Where soju was more than just a drink. It was an icebreaker, a bonding agent. Precisely how sake functions in Japanese izakaya. Yes. Alcohol in both the cultures goes beyond the act of drinking. It's about the atmosphere it creates, a space for carefree conversations, laughter, shared stories. Interesting parallels indeed. As analytical as I get about things, I appreciate the art of drinking. The mathematics of mixing soju and beer to create somek. It's a science in itself, much like brewing sake. <laughs> Carl and his numbers. But yes, there's certainly an intimacy fostered when you sip from the same bottle or share shots. It's a universality that binds us, don't you think? Friends, we're super thrilled today. We have a very special guest joining us, a renowned sake brewer from Japan, Mr. Hiroshi Amano. Welcome to the show, Mr. Amano. Thank you for the warm welcome, Avasan. It's a pleasure to be here. The honor is all ours, Mr. Amano. Mine certainly, as a literature enthusiast, I have often come across the deep cultural symbolism of sake in various works. Would love to hear about your own experience and passion. Indeed, Sophia-san. Sake is more than just a beverage. It's a cultural icon in our nation. I recall my grandfather's stories about my ancestors brewing sake, a tradition passed through generations. You see, sake brewing is not merely a profession. It's an art, a heritage. My passion for brewing was kindled in those tales. That's fascinating. The reverence for tradition and craft speaks to me. Can you share a bit about the brewing methods you employ, especially the ones centered around preserving the tradition? Absolutely, Carl-san. The brewing process is quite meticulous. It all starts from the selection of the right rice and water. We use the traditional Kimoto method, aging the yeast starter or moto for a month at a lower temperature, then the kojimai or molded rice is added. There's passion in every grain. The whole process takes months of careful monitoring and adjustment. Your devotion shines through, Mr. Amano. Your tales from the brewery truly personify the spirit of Sack. You're kind, Avasan. I simply attempt to do justice to our cultural heritage, one brew at a time. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my passion with your audience. Now the moment we've all been aching for, the sake tasting. Cheers, everyone. Cheers! What an aroma! Almost earthy, but still quite delicate. Truly, Carl. The bouquet, it's subtly fragrant. A balance of sweet and sour reminiscent of, perhaps, fruits and flowers. Let's taste. Hmm. It is surprisingly smooth. There's a subtlety to it, like fine silk gliding across your tongue. Avasan, you have an appreciative palate. The sack you're tasting comes from Niigata, where they prefer smooth, silky textures. I sense a slightly dry finish, though, am I right? Indeed, Carl-san. Niigata's sake typically leaves a dry taste at the end, providing a crisp finish. Ah, that's marvelous, the lingering enigmatic. Would it be fair to compare this sensation to a beautiful yet melancholic haiku? Absolutely, Sophia-san. 
Seike and poetry both are forms of expression and emotion in Japanese culture. They beautifully coexist, complementing each other. This whole experience has truly been nothing short of poetry. Cheers to that. To the harmony of sake and poetry. Cheers. To the art of brewing and the joy of understanding. Cheers. Transitioning from our tasting experience, let's delve into some numbers and unveil the growing global popularity of sake. Over the past decade, there has been a marked surge of interest, especially in markets outside Japan. That's intriguing, Carl. Are you suggesting sake is on the rise in international markets? Exactly, Sophia. According to a report by the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association, sake exports have achieved a remarkable expansion. Really? So where's the bulk of it going? The highest demand happens to be in the United States, making up almost a quarter of Japan's total sake exports, followed by South Korea, Taiwan, and China. Well, considering the rich flavor profile and cultural authenticity, I'm not surprised. But Carl, how are the market trends in terms of consumption? To put it plainly, the trend hasn't been linear. Traditional sake consumption within Japan has slightly declined over the years, presumably due to Western liquors gaining popularity. However, the new trend of craft sake, especially among younger audiences, shows promise. So we're witnessing a kind of trade-off, aren't we? As Japan's domestic consumption decreases, the global interest rises. Deeper cultural intersections, I suppose. Carl, does this shift have any impact on the alcohol industry? Indeed, Sophia. With the rise of sake globally, there's a growing interest in sake-based cocktails in bars around the world, promoting the idea of cross-cultural mixology. It certainly spells intriguing times for the alcohol industry. Very insightful, Carl. A toast to sake from Japan to the world. Since we're on the subject of sake, do any of you recall a specific memory or personal anecdote involving this beverage? You just conjured a memory for me, Sophia. Let me share an amusing incident. It was during my college years in Busan we had what we called a sake showdown. The sole objective was to see who could gulp down sake shots the fastest. And I suppose with your competitive spirit, Ava, you won that showdown? Bingo, Carl. Let's just say that the following morning was a tough one. Studying for my criminology exam with a hangover wasn't the best idea I've ever had. Seems like a typical university experience. All right, Carl, it's your turn. Any humorous sake stories you recall? Hmm, well, my experiences are usually more restrained than Ava's. But there's this one time during a corporate party. I got a little tipsy after a few glasses of premium sake and ended up housing the karaoke machine for the night, belting out numbers I usually wouldn't dare perform. Carl, as an introvert, singing karaoke in public, I would have loved to witness that. I agree, Sophia. Just imagining that scenario, I can't stop laughing. I admit I had fun. Amidst all the numbers and complex equations, singing those corny pop songs felt like a needed interruption. That's the beauty of sake, isn't it? It's not just about the taste or the brewing process, but also the memories and personal experiences we associate with it. We've been sharing our personal stories about sake and its role in our lives, which has been loads of fun. But I think it's essential to highlight the deep respect we have for the multifaceted, labor-intensive process of creating this magnificent beverage. I second that, Sophia. Appreciating the dedication and hours put into every bottle, even for a numbers guy like me, 
definitely adds a whole new layer to the experience. Agreed, and it's also remarkable how these rituals have been passed down through generations. Think about it. It's a testament to human perseverance, history, and tradition. You've got that right, Ava. This is why it's so important to engage consciously with what we consume, understanding its value and significance. And certainly something as intricate as sake brewing. It makes one realize why it's so deeply entwined with ceremonies and celebrations. It's not just a beverage, it's a craft. True, Carl. This reminds me of a concept in martial arts called kigatsuku, anticipating what needs to be done and taking action. I suppose it applies to sake brewing, foreseeing the climate, the rice crops, all while maintaining that delicate balance. A wonderful connection there, Ava. Your point resonates with my belief in mindful living. It all ties back to respect for our resources, whether it's nature, a martial art, or a lovingly crafted beverage like sake. I must admit, diving into sake through this podcast has been an enriching experience and certainly deepened my respect for it. I'll drink to that, in moderation, of course. Remember, folks, overindulgence only clouds appreciation. So, let's raise our sake cups high and toast to the craft and history that's contained within each sip. All right. After all this exploration, understanding sake has been a profound experience. It's more than just a beverage. It's rooted in culture, tradition, even spirituality. Absolutely, Ava. From my perspective, what fascinated me most was the meticulous brewing process. It's a mix of precision and artistry that makes it such a uniquely crafted drink. I'm with you there, Carl. The stories and narratives surrounding sake, the cultural significance it carries, it's been illuminating. Like translating verses from an ancient manuscript to comprehend its essence. On a lighter note, I can't wait to try different sake brews now with all this newfound knowledge. Same for you guys. Agreed, Ava. I'd love to explore the different Naihanshu Do or Saki meter values, for instance, just to appreciate the nuances all the more. And that's the whole point, isn't it? Broadening our horizons and deepening our connections with everything we interact with. This journey with Sake has definitely set a precedent. Couldn't have put it better myself, Sophia. Definitely, Sophia. Dear listeners, we hope you enjoyed this venture into the world of Sake as much as we did. Yes, and we look forward to sharing more enlightening journeys like this one. Let's continue to explore, learn, and savor together in our next episodes. As our journey with sake comes to a close, we have to say that this has been an enlightening exploration for us. Absolutely, Carl. I didn't realize how deep one could dive into a single beverage and come out with such an enriched understanding of an entire culture. This adventure with you all was an absolute pleasure, and I can't wait to see where our next exploration leads us. And that, dear listeners is why exploration is key. Always pushing our knowledge and understanding further, be it through numbers or narratives. Indeed, Carl. I feel like we've truly learned to respect the art and tradition behind Seike. Right. And in our next episode, we'll continue exploring popular beverages around the world, diving into their intriguing histories and cultural relevance. Are you curious to know what our next beverage might be? Well, you'll have to stay tuned to find out. Don't worry, we promise it'll be another fascinating adventure. As an accountant, I can assure you it's a calculation you won't regret. So listeners, keep the questions coming. Your engagement is what makes these explorations so thrilling. Until our next adventure, take care. And remember, every beverage has a story waiting to be uncovered. Who knew, right? So cheers to the wonderful world of drinks. Let's continue this journey together. Until next time, kampai.